Welcome to episode 67, Give Yourself Grace. episode 67 of the process podcast i am amante martin today we have jasmine williams joining us on the podcast welcome to the podcast jasmine thank you so much i'm excited to be here hey thank you for joining us uh could you tell the listeners where you're from yes i am a maryland girl born and raised so born and raised just outside of washington dc what was it like growing up there it was amazing. I mean, I think the DMV is a really special place because it's sort of this like melting pot of different cultures, different food, different music. And I think it was really cool growing up being exposed to so many different things because of that culture. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, you know, academically, you know, where, where were you located in terms of where you go to school? Did you play any sports? Do you have any siblings? Yeah, so I actually left Maryland. I went to school down in North Carolina at High Point University. And I knew that I wanted to leave for school because I knew I kind of needed to spread my wings a little bit and be somewhere else for college so that I could have that sense of independence and that sense of growth. And it's funny because my sister and I like butted heads all through high school, all through middle school, elementary school. And we ended up going to colleges that were like 20 minutes apart in a different state. (laughs) Wow! So my sister and I, we were both in school in North Carolina and that was pretty cool as well because our campuses were so different. And again, it was nice to see like the different cultures on our campuses and the different experiences that we each had even being only 20, 30 minutes apart. Um, And our younger brother, he was back home still. I think he was in elementary school still when we left for college. Um, And college was, I mean, for my sister and I, like college was a really wild ride for us just because we had so much family stuff that went on during that time. Mm -hmm. And because we were far away from everyone, it, it kind of became a true test of that independence that I think we were searching for. Um, but I don't know that we were quite as prepared for, for how big it would be. Yeah. Yeah. So would you say, you know, taking a step back during like high school, 
when you say you were close knit family, uh, was it always your goal to go off to college? Yeah, I think so. I think that was a goal that my parents definitely had for me, but it was also a goal that I had for myself. Mm-hmm. But it's interesting because growing up, I was never someone that that was super involved in the academic side of school. I was I was the person that really liked the social aspects of school, right? Yeah. So I was like that kid in class who my desk was like an island. Like the teacher would put me put my desk away from everyone else's <laughs> desk because I talk so much. And it wasn't really until college when I was in classes that I was interested in and going towards a major that I really cared about and I really was invested in that I started to care. So I majored in journalism and that was something that, I don't know, it just kind of lit that fire under me to finally care about school. Yeah, yeah. So coming from Maryland, you moved to North Carolina for college. You know, how was that? transition for you you know moving away from home and you you know you're seeking independence but how was it just that transition from state to state yeah it's so embarrassing to tell this story because (laughs) as an adult I like cringe when I when I tell it to people but I remember like my parents and my older sister and my younger brother all moved me into my dorm and I had a roommate like most freshmen And when my roommate's parents were leaving, she's from upstate New York, so her parents were also going to be pretty far away. And when they were leaving, I remember her hugging them and like tearing up and her parents were so upset. And like, I was like, wow, they're so emotional that, you know, they're separating. And when my parents were leaving, like, I don't even know if I hugged them goodbye. Like, I was just like, see, I'm ready for college. But it's funny because now, like all of these years later, I'm so close to my family and I can't even believe that I wasn't emotional about them leaving. Like, I think I was just so excited about the experience that I couldn't focus on the sad aspects of leaving my family. I could only think about the positive aspect of what this journey would be like for me. Yeah. So so once you got to college and, you know, I guess the excitement wore off what was that experience like for you oh man i got um i probably had like the the biggest wake-up call of any freshman in college (laughs) um i was 17 when i started college because i have a late birthday Mm -hmm. and so i turned 18 on my college campus and I turned 18 and that was kind of when like the honeymoon phase of college was starting to fade fade away like end of October early November and you know you're over having roommates you're over having to study all the time and do your own laundry you kind of miss like your mom's cooking and stuff (laughs) and I remembered you know I was kind of over it and I just knew that I had to make it to Thanksgiving break that was like my 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 finish line that I kept focusing on was Thanksgiving break, just had to make it to the end of November, go home for a little bit, reset, and then I would be good. Mm-hmm. So about a week after I turned 18, my mom actually showed up on my college campus 
and I was just freaking out that my mom was there. Like, I mean, picture like yourself, like freshman year in college and like the types of things you were doing and you're just like, all of a sudden one of your parents is just there and you're like, oh God, this is really bad. (laughs) So I remember being just panicked and wondering what I did. Why is my mom here? How did my parents even find out like what I'm doing at college? And you know, when I finally met up with my mom outside, she was more serious than I have ever seen her in my entire life. And I was absolutely terrified, like to the point that I almost just turned around and went back inside, like, forget it. I don't even want to know what it is at this point. And my mom had come to North Carolina to tell me and my sister that our older brother had actually passed away when we were at school. And so it wasn't something that, you know, anyone in our family wanted to tell us over the phone. So my mom drove down to kind of be the bearer of bad news. And it was like, up until that moment, you know, I was so carefree and so young and having fun and like typical college freshman. And then it was like, I turned 18 and like life slapped me in the face. Like here's adulthood for you, right? Like this big thing had just happened and it completely threw me off guard like it took me I mean I would honestly say it took me years to like redirect course after that experience because it was just so unexpected and I was so young that I just really really didn't know how to handle it yeah yeah what do do you think was it just time or what do you think it was that you know helped you cope Cause you could never get over anything like that, mm-hmm. but just what helped you help you cope through that situation? Yeah, I th- think time was a big factor because, again, I was so young. I mean, I had literally just turned eighteen, yeah, and so I had never even really been exposed to anything that serious or that significant in my life, and so it was. It just kind of like hit me out of nowhere. And I think because it was like the first big thing I had ever dealt with, I didn't really have any kind of like healthy coping mechanisms or strategies to use for that type of life changing event. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas now as an adult, it's like the more things that you go through, you learn from experience, you learn from time and you know there's a quote that i love but also hate that basically says you know experience is the hardest teacher because you get the test first and the lesson afterward yeah and that's exactly how i felt about that entire situation because i have learned so much from it now but at the time i was just so deep in it that it was kind of hard to see some of the lessons in and some of the ways that this would change my life yet yeah yeah so so you're so you're taking it back you're 18 you're in college you get this news um this tragic news and how do you how do you finish school how does that affect you academically it's actually really ironic because that was one of the switches that made me start caring about school because at the time there was so much going on with my family there was so much going on with my mental health emotionally and school was very black and white where everything else in my life was kind of like blurry 
-hmm. Like school was something like you either study for the test and it's right or it's wrong. Right. You either know the answer or you don't. Right. It's it seems very simple in comparison to like the complicated emotions that come with grief and anxiety and you're homesick and your family's far and your family dynamic has changed. You know, those things felt very complicated and school felt very you either know it or you don't. So I kind of dove into school because in a world where I didn't feel like I knew what was going on anymore, those were things that I felt I could know this for sure. Mm -hmm. And so that was ironically, like that was the first time in my life that I got straight A's. Wow. Because I was so hyper-focused on, on school, almost as a distraction, which is kind of crazy to think about. It was kind of a getaway. Um, take you away from your situation. Um, Whereas before I was running from school, <laughs> I was kind of the opposite. <laughs> wow. Wow. So, so once you graduated, what was next for you? Yeah. So after I graduated, I worked at a media headquarters. So I was working at the headquarters for USA Today. And the company also owned about 50 TV stations at the time. Mm-hmm. So I was working there. It was my first job post-grad. It was very go, go, go. And I think because that was like my first real job, it really bred that like that hustle mentality that I still have. And I don't know if I would have gotten that sort of work ethic or mentality as quickly if I wasn't kind of thrown into it in my first job. Mm-hmm. Just thinking about college, transition into your career. What did you learn about yourself during that phase? I honestly learned that I am a lot more resilient than I thought I was. (laughs) And I think think a lot of us don't learn that until we have to, right? And I learned that I'm a lot tougher than I thought I was. And I think more than anything, I realized that a lot of other people were kind of watching me and silent observers over the years. And even now people will reach out to me and say, I've been following your story since you were in college. Mm-hmm. Or like you came and spoke on my campus years ago and I still follow you. And I listen to the podcast interviews you do, or I watched you on TV and I bought this ebook. And it's kind of crazy just to realize that no matter how you feel about your story, there are other people that need to hear your story, no matter how difficult it might be for you to tell some aspects of it. And that was probably the biggest thing I learned in those first couple years post-grad. Once you had your first job, did you, did you, are you still with that company or did you move on? What was next? So after that, I wanted to try something different. And so I went from a corporate headquarters with about 10,000 employees to a startup because I just, I guess I just wanted to go as drastically different as possible. So I went to a startup where when I was hired, there were only two of us on our team at the time. And it was such an interesting experience because I mean, when there's only two of you on a marketing team or three of you on an engineering team, like you have to learn and you're really 
ingrained in every aspect of the business. Yeah. And so I learned so much more about business from that experience because I had to, right? Because you don't have, you know, 10,000 employees and every department has an assistant and, and a separate phone line, right? Like you yeah. walk over to somebody's desk to ask for a report because <laughs> there's only 14 of you in the office. Like it was that kind of environment. Um, and so I was at the startup for a couple years and then I actually found out very unexpectedly that my position had been eliminated from the company. And I mean, that's how it goes in the startup world. Like that's one of the risks that you know you're taking by working at a startup. And it was interesting because I went from being in this situation where like we said, like school had become my place to excel because my personal life was kind of rocky. So then work became my place to excel, right? And so now things are switching a little and you know, work, I've had this loss, a different type of loss, losing a job. And again, it was like my brother all over again, like that one situation threw me for such a loop because it was so unexpected. And it really just kind of felt like it threw me off balance just because I didn't see it coming. Um, But again, like the lesson that I learned from that was once again, just I was so much more resilient than I ever even imagined that I could be. Wow. So, so what was what was next? You know, you 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 were let go. Um, mm-hmm. Was it, you know, go back to what you were familiar with, or did you decide, you know, I want to take a leap of faith? Yeah. So, interestingly enough, I don't know. Had I not lost lost that job, I don't know if I would even be sitting here talking to you right now. because during that transition from that job to my next position is when I really started to work on my own business. And so that's when I launched my website. That's when I filed for my LLC. That's when I started speaking to more colleges and universities and kind of telling my story. And had I not been given, because now I kind of see it as a gift, had I not been given that break in between roles i don't know if i would have ever done that on my own right because it's hard when you're working full time and you have other things going on to carve out that time to kind of get your business off the ground and get things up and running and because i had a couple months where i didn't have a new job yet that was what i did in my free time when i wasn't applying for jobs wow wow so through this kind of entrepreneurial endeavor that you kind of went on what how would you compare your experience working for your first job to now you kind of working for yourself you know how was that transition I will be 100% honest with you I am the worst boss I've ever had in my life (laughs) like I am the worst I forget things I don't meet the deadlines that I set for myself. I go over budget like nobody's business. And some days I'm just like, wow, man, like I should have cut my old bosses some slack. Like this is really hard. Um, But it's interesting because I think the goals are so different for me as an entrepreneur than they are from typical, you know, 
nine to five corporate business goals, especially what I do as an adversity speaker, so many of the goals that I set for myself are about impact. You know, like getting DMs from students that you change their life. Like that's so, the weight of that is so different than a revenue goal or so different than the number of page views I get on my website. And so I think I've taken a little bit of something from every position I've had, including being an entrepreneur. But, you know, even the job that I lost, like that was an experience that I truly think I needed to go through in order to get where I am today. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And, you know, you you went to a, you were working for a startup and now you're starting a business. And so what what did you learn or what happened? What are you learning from the process of being an entrepreneur and a business owner? I think the biggest thing I've learned so far is that your priorities and your focus and even your mission can sometimes change at the drop of a hat. So when I first started out, you know, I was a speaker and I was speaking about overcoming adversity, building resilience. I was mainly speaking to college students on campuses, right? This was years ago, pre-pandemic times. And so it feels like once or twice a year, I take like a very big pivot in my business and the goals change and who I'm reaching to changes. And, you know, in the last year we went from going in person and traveling to speeches to doing all of our speeches virtually. And that was another big pivot. So I think that that alone has been huge for me. you know, when you are the the boss, when you're the entrepreneur and you're kind of leading the charge, it's your job to see what's coming next. And so sometimes it's overwhelming to do the execution of the daily tasks, but also be looking up at what's coming. And so for me, one of the things that I made a big pivot to that I didn't see coming was to start speaking coaching. So I had been speaking for about six years, felt like I had that pretty down pat. And I started to notice that a lot of women in particular would come to me and ask for help with job interviews, or they were going to do a podcast interview and wanted help to prepare, something like that. And even further from that, There were a lot of women that I knew, especially young women and young women of color in particular, who weren't taking opportunities because they weren't confident as speakers. And I mean, like everything from like not presenting about things at work to not negotiating or standing up for themselves in those types of meetings and conversations. And I felt really called as someone who had been speaking for so long to try to help other women kind of rise up in this space because speaking in particular is a male dominated space. Um, But also just in general, you know, we still face a lot of issues with the wage gap with women, with, you know, people of color. And so I felt, I felt a strong calling to kind of help out there and to help other women in particular with public speaking. How has it been, you know, not 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 just working for yourself, but 
seeking impact because I think that we're all here for a purpose. Um, and so how does it feel to be pursuing a career that's purpose-filled, you know, that, that you feel that kind of intrinsically motivates you every day? I'll be honest, it's really hard. Yeah. There are days it's really, really hard. And you get that. I'm sure you completely understand that. Yeah. It's hard yeah. because like I said, you're the one who's setting the goals, right? You're the one who's setting the numbers that you have to hit. You're the one who's doing the outreach to campuses or the outreach to potential clients. And so the rejection is a big part of that, right? The rejection and the setbacks that come from those rejections can be, as an entrepreneur, I think they feel more personal to you. Because when you're in a corporation or you're in a big business and someone doesn't want to partner with your company, that's a no to your company. Whereas as an entrepreneur, I think sometimes when someone doesn't want you to speak on their campus or someone isn't ready to become a client, you see that almost as a no to you personally. Yeah. And that's kind of a hard hurdle for a lot of us to overcome, um, to separate the the impact for the business from the personal growth aspect of it. Because um, entrepreneurship will humble you more than anything else ever will. (laughs) You're right. You're right. But yeah, it's still it's still really powerful, and it's I'm so fortunate to still be doing this and. You know, I keep a folder of some of those messages that I get just to remind me of the impact that I'm still making and that we still have a long way to go. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, look at where you came from. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's important. And so that's a good segue into my next question, kind of reflecting on your life so thus far. What advice would you give your younger self? so much how much time do we have left (laughs) oh you you have enough you have time Um, if i had to condense it down i would say ride the wave i think for me personally and something that i see so many younger generations in particular doing is we fight the wave we resist the change and it's like finally one day you wake up and you realize if you just rode the wave out, you would have already gotten to where you wanted to be and it would have been easier and faster. But when you fight against the wave and you're fighting against the current so hard, instead of just letting yourself flow to wherever you're supposed to end up and be whoever you're meant to be, it's harder for you and you're making it harder for yourself in that process. And man, I wish someone would have told me, just ride the wave, (laughs) just ride the wave, stop fighting it, just ride it out. Just ride it out. What's one key uh, message that you give, you know, a college audience um, in terms of sticking it out and riding away? What's one key message? So the biggest thing that I always say to college students is, stop half-assing it yeah so if you feel like you're doing a million different things and you're being pulled in all these directions 
and you're in every club on campus and you volunteer and you're a mentor and you're in a sorority and you do this, this and that, and you're doing all of these different things. I really encourage them to take a step back and reassess what am I doing because I want to, because I'm passionate, because I care about it, because it's meaningful to me. And what am I doing just to check a box? And if you start to realize that you have more things on your list just to look good on your resume or just to check the box, you got to let those things go. Because we don't have time in life. Like life is so short and losing my brother, that was the biggest thing that that taught me was life is so short. And we don't have time or energy to devote to things that are half-assed. So if you know that you're going to half-ass it anyway, you got to let it go. You got to just commit to stop half-assing it and only do the things that genuinely bring you joy or genuinely have a purpose in your life. I agree. I agree. I want to know, also reflecting on your life and where you are right now at this point, I know you've, you've heard the phrase a lot of times. I just want to know, you know, what does trust the process mean to you? To me personally, there have just been so many times where everything had to go wrong in my life to bring me where I am right now. And so, you know, they always say hindsight is 2020, right? But I truly believe that because it's so easy for me to think about what if I hadn't lost that job? Would I still be working there? Would I have ever started my own business? Would I have spoken at some of the schools that I've spoken at? Would I be sitting on this podcast right now? And so even the things in my life that have been unbelievably painful, like I know that they had a purpose in bringing me to where I am right now. And I think because I'm kind of on the other side of some of those experiences, I know what it means to trust the process now. And I try to, as a speaker, I try to convey that to students because it's one of those things where it's like, I would rather you learn this from my mistakes than you have to learn this from your own mistakes. So I wanna, I wanna thank you for joining me on the podcast and to share your story and to share you know, your life experiences, what you went through through college and now on your entrepreneurial endeavor as your own boss and, and what that journey has looked like. So I wanna thank you for joining us But um, I also want to ask, do you have any lasting words that you want to leave with the listeners? Thank you so much for having me. This has been great. I think the last thing I just want to remind people is this has been such a crazy season in all of our lives, you know, with the pandemic, with the, the weather in Texas and in other places the last couple months, too. And to just remember to give yourself grace, whatever you're going through in your life right now, whether it's something personal, something professional, something that you don't even understand yet, but to just give yourself grace. We've been through a lot the last year and and just go easy on yourself and the people around you. Awesome. Where could the listeners find you if they want to connect 
um, maybe have you public speak or just to give you feedback on this episode? Where can the listeners find you? You can find me on Instagram at Miss Jasmine C. Williams. And you can also find my website, which is jasminecwilliams.com. This episode was brought to you by Overcome Achieve Clothing. Allow what you have overcome to fuel the flame of persistence as you face and conquer your next challenge. Wear your truth. Overcome. I think the main thing for me was trying to decide on who am I and like what I want to be and how I want to be remembered. Like that was my thing. You know, oftentimes I think about like my legacy and like the mark that I want to leave, not only on the industry, but the effect that I want to leave on people. Being a whole human being, going through my obstacles, going through the things that I'm going through and not to only broadcast these things, but for it to inspire change.